Good evening. It's a Thursday, October 26th. It's the Big Go Belt Wrestling Podcast. I'm Jamal. Will is here. It's a two-man power trip, and we have so many things to talk about tonight, including but not limited to uh, how do we feel about Ric Flair being dug up and dragged in there, weakened the Bernie style into AEW. Uh, Impact no more. They're going to be TNA come January. We have thoughts of that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween Havoc. Uh, and, and, of course, there was a lot of sports on yesterday, so much sports ball. Did you watch? You even watch wrestling last night, considering how much sports ball there was? Because if you did, do you know what you missed and do you care? So we got a lot to talk about, and we'll do that on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, which starts as soon as Will hits the button. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. It's the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Just before Halloween, episode three, season three, episode 37. Or if you're keeping score chronologically, don't because we've, we've stopped doing that. But it's uh, me, Jamal. Will is here, the two-man power trip. And let's get things started. First of all, Will, how are you doing today? I am good to be here. It has been a long week. I'm glad it is almost over. And like you said, it has been busy. Because we got playoffs going on, we got basketball starting up, and somehow yep. wrestling is still trying to be relevant in the midst of all this. So we got a lot to get into tonight. Should be a fun show. Yeah, uh, fun show. Yeah, fun yeah, show. That, that, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. Uh, so let's just get this out of the way first. Uh, you know, there's a lot of sports ball activity going on. Uh, the World Series is happening. That's set. Arizona versus uh, Texas Rangers. Uh, hockey just got started. Uh, my Pacers blew out the Wizards last night in opening day action for the NBA. Uh, you know, Thursday night football is on now. There's a lot of sports ball activity as the fall and winter sports are on the way. So now the, the first question is, did you watch wrestling? <laughs> and and and, and, so, and then where does that fit in? Because you have a lot of activity going on with everything that's happening in WWE, specifically NXT because that's on Tuesday. And then you have you know, AEW on Wednesday, and they pulled out a pretty, pretty loaded card. Uh, you know, we had Ric Flair out there uh, somehow under his own power, making the trip down to the uh, to the ring to, uh, for his Sting's uh, victory lap that he had. And, the, the, and you know, we had Okada there, which is a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, the main event, uh, MJF is the babyface champion. People didn't know they needed it's an interesting time, specifically in AEW, but because there's so much other interest going on, uh, you know, ratings are well at their lowest in about a year, and definitely it, it makes flat, very flat. Even in the head-to-head -head versus NXT, both shows were 
more than expectantly down. So that, this begs the question, is this the time, is this like the new summer law where maybe, because we have that summer law in like July, after WrestleMania is definitely done and dusted, uh, people are on their 4th of July break and stuff like that. We kind of, the summer kind of grinds things to a halt television-wise because everybody's at the beach. Well, with the start of the winter sports, football into full effect and, uh, you know, and other things starting up, should this be another summer lull into like a fall lull into the Survivor Series? Do you think that they, AEW could have saved their bigger matches that they're giving away on TV for free for their next two pay-per-views? Because they're going to have one, uh, New Year's, called World's End, and they want to have, you know, uh, that's after full gear. So AEW is definitely stepping up their uh, their schedule with Collision, and there's a lot more content that they have to produce, but what does it matter if nobody's watching? So let me ask you, Will, the simple question is, um, is this the move for AEW, specifically AEW, to load, stack these cards so high, or should they just concede to the competition? I get the feeling they're in a position right now where, I mean, people have been saying for a while that, you know, they're trying to rebuild after all the drama they had going on for a good, you know, nine months there. Now that all the he who will not be named has left and all that, you know, as of a uh, September. So I think they're trying to re reestablish their identity in a lot of ways. And I think they're trying to get attention in any way they possibly can. And they're probably being a little bit manic about it. AEW is probably being a little, uh, you know, just throwing stuff at the wall to see what will stick right now. But I think that really just stems from they're trying to remind people that they're out there. Cause they, they've had a, they've had a rough road recently. It's, and you wouldn't think that would be the case. I mean, hell we've talked about it on the show previously, how you would have thought that Wembley show would have like been them staking, like, you know, their flag in the ground and really kind of being like, you know, we arrived and it kind of got lost in the shuffle. It feels like that. 75 years ago. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And it's barely not even been two months yet. We're coming right. up on two months. So I mean, yeah, it feels like that was an eternity ago. So, yeah, I get the feeling they're kind of in a restructuring, rebuilding, re-like, you know, establishing their identity to folks. And I think that's kind of what they're doing right now more than anything. And sure, if they weren't doing that, I'm not sure what they would be doing otherwise. Because I guess it'd just be like, you know, treading water, which in a lot of ways, I think they were kind of fighting to keep their heads above water during all the drama they had going on. So, and Lord knows, even and even by doing all that still, they still got the injury bug. That just they cannot seem to shake as soon as they get anything going. You know, someone will get hot and like, hey, we get this Adam Cole and MJF thing and boom, Adam Cole's down. So they keep getting roadblocks thrown at them one way or another. So I think that might be part of it, too, is like obviously they had stuff planned that is now out the window or at the at the very least delayed for a while. So I think they're trying to adjust and pivot is what's going on with them right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's uh you know really interesting that there are like so many hurdles and roadblocks, but that's just part of the business. I mean, any sports activity, any highly athletic competition, you're gonna find injuries, you're gonna find other things. That's the stuff that you can control. But what you can control is your show and the narrative that goes into uh in, into your year. So there have to be planning for this. Like we mm-hmm. know that this month. 
between maybe October 15th and November 15th is going to be hell on ratings because of the beginnings of uh, college. The college football is winding down. Um, the winter sports are starting up. Football is getting into the back end of their season. That's going to maybe you do pull a punch back and go, ah, we'll save it for the you know full year because they have another pay-per-view in at the end of December. So let me ask you this then, related to AEW specifically, now granted, I, I preface this with saying that this is not a big deal. Uh, Brock Anderson is not in AEW anymore. I know <laughs> I can hear the wails of, of, the, of, the, of the faithful and the devoted from, from across my window. I know we're sorry. It is what it is. But Brock Anderson, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, Sonny Kiss, uh, Fuego Del Sol. These aren't household names, but they could have been if AEW gave them the toolkit to build their craft. They didn't. They're gone. And right now we're seeing a lot of, well, Sting's getting a lot of press because obviously it's his retirement run. Uh, the Bucks and Kenny are still at the top of the heap. Uh, you still have guys like Moxley and, and Danielson and and whatever. So we know where the card has shifted. But then what? Because all of those guys that I mentioned are either about 40 or definitely over. They're they're on the backside of their careers where hopefully, injuries notwithstanding, the everybody that I named the former, your sunny kisses of the world, are in the front half of their career. Where does that leave their roster, their aging roster? When you let guys like Pillman and Sonny Kiss and guys like that go, that we know can do the work, but they just haven't been given the toolkit to flourish on TV. So not this year, but maybe two, three, four, five years down the road from now, what does the AEW roster look like? Because I don't see a, I don't see Danielson there. I don't see a 55-year-old Jericho there. I don't see guys like Claudio, who's, you know, 40-plus. Um, doing things full time. It's it seems like they need to go back on the recruiting, uh, you know, uh, circuit again. But then their roster is already full. So how do you think that they manage that? Uh, you know, going forward, when you have when you're not resigning, we're not necessarily building homegrown talent and relying on so many established stars that will not be there for you in the very near future. Yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back to stuff we've talked about a lot, where they'll start to get people hot, but they never keep them around. They cycle them in and out. They'll, they'll start to get something going with like a ward low and then he'll disappear. They'll start to get someone going like, let's see who else, who else have we had come and go over the years. Uh, geez. Well, I mean, well, Jadella was there and then he yeah. you know, came and gone. Uh, Wardlow was definitely, we talked about him being a, a big, you know, fumble as far as, you know, letting his, uh, star power dim. Um, you have a guy like Ricky Starks who really should be a bigger star than he is. You have a guy like Hobbs who I think should be a bigger star than he is. Um, you know, those guys that have bubbled and they should be bigger than Jade. Obviously we asked the question earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, who was the bigger fumble Jade or Warlow? Uh, there are you know, more than a few people that you go, damn, if they had a company like AEW, they should, Oh, they're in a company like AEW. Well, now what? Yeah, and and yet they're not given the the chance for whatever right. reason to, to take that next step. And, right. Hey, it just reminded me. What was it? Was it just last week that randomly Lance Archer showed back up 
and like was killing people again. And right. like it was like we're we're, we're okay, okay. We're, we're randomly going back to Lance Archer. So it's I'm not even sure. It, it go. I think a lot of it just goes back to they have like the and we've talked about a lot. They they have like their core favorites. Sure. That they always push, which I mean, that's typical of any wrestling company. So that's right. not really anything unique to AEW. But what's different is that there isn't that underneath group. There should uh, underneath there needs to be at least between these two shows they got between Collision and Dynamite. There should easily be a good four to six guys that feel like these should be the next folks up. And at least two of them should be like kind of pushing through and probably right now they're doing the most of that with Hobbs. But the problem I think right now is we've seen so many, you know, things like this where you think they're about to do something with somebody and then it don't happen. And I think that's the big problem right now is people don't have the confidence that, Oh, is this really it? Is this really going to be Hobbs is going to get somewhere here. He got this win over Jericho. Okay, great. How are they going to follow that up? Because just beating someone in this day and age, I don't mean much. It's all about the mm-hmm. follow-up and the follow-through and making it actually mean something to elevate someone to a next level. Because, hell, where were we just about almost oh, six, eight months ago, we were talking about the same conversation with Action Andretti and how that worked right. out. So there you right. go. Same same situation. Got a big win over Jericho. Where'd that go? Right. So why should I get more really excited about Hobbs when we've been down this road before? So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, too many times, and that is an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting issue that they seem to have, and and you know we'll, we just have to see how it plays out. But you know, injuries notwithstanding, of course, God forbid, you know, I don't want to get anybody to get hurt. But we do know that their main core group of guys is definitely over thirty-five. So they've got to. I mean, somebody's got to be somebody in talent relations got to be looking at the uh, right on the wall and going. We need to get younger. So it'll be interesting to see how exactly they do that. <laughs> and then, of course, speaking of getting younger, there's Ric Flair. Right. <laughs> who, who, makes, who makes his dynamite debut um, looking every bit of 106. Uh, you know, good for Flair for making it to the ring under his own power. Uh, you know, being there in a segment for Sting, uh, who is really enjoying his victory lap. Uh, of course, uh, it would have been cool to see Flair in uh, AEW some time ago. Obviously, couldn't have that happen because of allegations that popped up. Uh, and then, of course, they have him there now for however long uh, he's going to be there. So that's uh, going to be an interesting thing. So I, I, I yeah, AEW definitely needs to get younger. Um, the stars that were will not be there forever. So uh, you gotta you gotta build new ones. You, you gotta build new ones. So. Uh, let's shift away from AEW a little bit because I'm, I'm, we're going to come back to that uh, a little bit later. Uh, WWE, uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam was in uh, Ford Field out in Detroit uh, last year, uh, earlier this year in, uh, in August. They have, uh, there's rumors that SummerSlam is going to be in Cleveland next year. Cleveland, really? So that I saw there was rumors earlier about a location and it not being where you would expect, but I hadn't seen the rumor break it. So you're saying it's Cleveland. The rumors that I'm seeing are Cleveland. Now, of course, uh, take the rumors worth a grain of salt because there are just rumors. But August in Cleveland. Now, personally, uh, and, I, and I mean this with all of the hate that I can muster in my cold black heart, I hate the city of Cleveland, Ohio. 
Uh oh. And Cuyahoga <laughs> County. Sell it to the Canadians, let it fall into the lake. But it would be interesting in August because, you know, the Browns attempt to play football there at the big football stadium. Uh, you know, I don't, I hope that they don't go back to the arenas because after having SummerSlam being such a big deal, uh, the Royal Rumble is going to be at the Trop down in St. Right. Petersburg. WrestleMania is always at a football stadium or a larger capacity venue. And then you have SummerSlam is trying to take that to effect. The big four should be the biggest four. But SummerSlam in Cleveland would be interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Biases aside, because I hate Cleveland. Um, <laughs> it, it's 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 weird because it's one of those places that I don't think that I would want to go to in August because of just sitting outside for six hours in a football stadium. Yeah, well, this is reminding me of two years ago when they did Nashville. And at least Nashville right. sounds like more of a destination than Cleveland. Yeah. Right. And there, there is absolutely nothing by the football stadium. And we're, I mean, now I'm speculating and assuming that they're going to play at the football stadium because why would they do the arena? And baseball could happen at Progressive Field if the uh, Cleveland Guardians are out of town that week. Um, but their season will have still been going on for SummerSlam. Uh, but, but Cleveland is an interesting choice, and that kind of leads into what you've been hearing about how it's not in a place that you would expect. Because you would expect Los Angeles, Vegas, New Orleans, a New destination York, Miami, city of some sort, Seattle, you know, something. You would not expect Cleveland. So uh, that would be interesting uh, to see how that happened, you know, to see if that goes down or not. I want to move on quickly because, you know, again, too bad power trip. We keep it moving, folks. We keep, we keep, we keep it, it moving. moving. <laughs> Impact. Yes. Impact is no more. They're going to go back to TNA. Now, the first question is, is the return of TNA, should they have returned to TNA? Was it time to move on from all of those brands, Global Force, Impact, TNA, uh, NWA, TNA? Was it time to just move on from that lineage and create a new path? Or do we like the return of the TNA? That that's the weird part here, because from what I was reading about it, when the announcement dropped last weekend after uh, at the at Slammiversary, the um, no, Bound for Glory, Bound for Glory was this past weekend. Um, I guess they're approaching it as a nostalgia thing, as like it's been lo it's been long enough now that there there's kids out there that they got nostalgia for the TNA name. Uh, what's his face? The guy uh, that runs the thing. Um, oh my God. Uh, Scott Demore. Scott Demore. Yes. Scott Demore did a, did an interview talking about how no matter where they go, people chant TNA still, even though they've been calling it impact for, you know, a while now, everywhere they go, people chant TNA. So they're always hearing TNA no matter where they go. So in some ways they're looking at it as like, well, as opposed to still fighting that battle, of like, no, now we're impact let's just embrace it. Let's go back to it and just use that name again. Um, it's weird to me because so much of the changing to the impact branding was to get away from TNA, 
the of course the connotation that TNA instead of being total nonstop action was the other TNA that wasn't necessarily terribly advertiser friendly. So the idea was okay, let's make this you know more palatable name for advertising Impact Wrestling, and apparently the show is still gonna be called Impact. So it's still gonna be like back in the day where it's gonna be like you know TNA TNA Impact Wrestling as their show on Thursday nights. It's on right now as we're recording. Um, so the impact name isn't totally going away. It's only the name of their TV show. So it's weird to me because it's like, okay, I get it. I guess the idea is you're going with nostalgia. You're saying, hey, anytime we call ourselves impact, people call us TNA anyway. So let's just roll with it. I don't know. I guess my thinking, I think, is they changed the name in January. They're saying they go back to TNA. A month after that, is it even going to matter? whether they're calling it TNA or impact or what. I mean, Lord knows they're, they're doing a lot better than they were. I hear nothing but good things. When I do tune into impact, I like what I'm seeing old Naomi. Now Trinity is having a hell of a run down there. Their women's division has been hot for quite a while now. So they're doing a lot of good stuff down there, but I think call it whatever you want. The biggest issue with them is just visibility and it's just being buried on access TV on a network that barely anybody has and other than that, you're getting some stuff on YouTube. And it's like, I don't think the name change really changes any of that. I think the biggest, the, the true real issue with them is just visibility and getting, getting their product out there in a place where people can actually see it. Yeah. I don't know. Your thoughts. Yeah, no. 100% agree. Um, I don't think you can change the name to, you know, the church of Latter-day Saints if you want. But it doesn't matter if nobody is going to be put in the position to watch it. Um, I hope, and this is what I'm not hearing, is that uh, TNA will not accompany, uh, be accompanied by a new uh, television network change. That's the biggest thing. That, that has to be the biggest thing because, yes, Access TV is a thing. Of course, Access TV is owned by Anthem, that damn owl that owns uh, Impact, TNA, uh, whatever you want to call it. Cool. So what? If you're not watching it, you're not watching it. So TNA on the CW, somewhere between WOW and MLW and the WNBA, fine. That would be infinitely better than what they have going on right now. And and, and to be fair, and I know that we talk about the follies of Impact Wrestling a lot, and that's largely because it's just low-hanging fruit. But they have a solid roster. They put on some good matches. They innovate in some ways that nobody else is doing. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't up to a hill of beans if nobody's going to be able to see it. So, yes, I appreciate the rebrand in the sense that it will be a breath of fresh air, hopefully, for the TNA brand. Will I go out of my way, which is I, what I would have to do in order to watch it live? Would I go out of my way to watch it live? Probably not. And that's the most unfortunate thing, is because, not because of the lack of creativity of, of impacts part is just the fact that there's other stuff to do that's more accessible. So they, they've got to get out of there. They got to get out of their own way and they got to put it on a better network, uh, CBS sports network, uh, the zone, uh, something, but they got to get more visibility. Uh, they just, they just, they just have to do that has to be job number one, but it, but it is what it is. So I hope, I, I'll be looking. I'll be watching in January uh, just to see what it looks like. You know, maybe they 
step up the presentation a bit. Yeah, yeah. There's they, talk of a there's talk of production upgrades that Anthem's yeah. gonna crank some money into it. Supposedly they're getting all new belts and everything because of the rebrand. That's gonna be a complete you know facelift, is what I'm hearing. So yeah. I'm definitely curious to see it. And in the end, though, it goes back like we're saying though. Okay, you can change the name. It's great. It's still gonna be on access. And I mean that and that is kind of what it is, just because that's who owns it. So I get it. It's like you know, they bought it specifically to have it be something on their network. So I can't see that changing. But if you're gonna own the thing, don't you want to grow it? So I right. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a weird proposition to me. It's almost like the nature of being owned by Anthem and having to be on access, that's their biggest limitation. But it's also the lifeline that kept them in business. So, what do you do with that? You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, it would obviously be to the benefit of of Anthem and access to showcase uh, because because TNA has a similar thing issue that AEW has in the sense that yes, AEW is on TBS, but you won't know it until you watch TBS, and that's. That's a that's a bit of a problem. If you're not watching TNT or TBS, then you may not know ABW exists. And that's a bit of a surprise considering that they're on the Warner Brothers Discovery uh, you know, network, you know, synergy, corporate synergy thing. I haven't seen an AEW commercial on CNN. Now it's not that I watch it, you know, CNN 24 hours a day, but that should be something that I see as prevalent as a basketball commercial for the TNT game. Um, but if, if AEW is struggling to do that with Warner Brothers, then I can only imagine what that would look like for Impact that really doesn't advertise outside of their own, whatever their, their network brand and the Anthem owns, you know, would be. So, uh, you know, good luck to them. I hope they I hope they do it well. Um, I'm absolutely rooting for them. And I'll peek in in January to see what it looks like. But otherwise... I don't know. Um, I think that once the once the the spice wears off and we get back to regular TNA, something magical would have to happen for the people to want to seek them out, and that's really unfortunate. So uh, let's put a pin in it for this first half of the show. We'll be back after a quick uh, commercial message. Uh, your very sassy New Yorker has a word for you. Uh, I'll come back with the indie spotlight. We're going to talk a little bit more about why Nyla Rose wants more belts in AEW, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Halloween Havoc for NXT. And then, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the crown jewel out there in Saudi land uh, for WWE. So it'll be a quick break. Be back. Big old belt wrestling podcast in a minute. Are you a fan of all things media? Are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports? Then you need to check out Big Gold Belt Media. We're the ultimate destination for all things entertainment and media. With the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm, our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're not just an online destination. We attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow us on all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan, 
or just a casual like some people, Big Gold Belt Media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So what are you waiting for? Check us out today at BigGoldBelt.com. That's BigGoldBelt.com. Back here on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on a Thursday. And no, if you're watching this live, your screen didn't have uh, a little bit of stroke. We are. We've multiplied. Cell division happening right now in Big Gold Belt Wrestling land. Uh, Will here, Jamal, that's me, and the CEO, the Big Balls Hog, the one with the biggest pants. It's uh, Nigeria here. Uh, sneaking in the back door and it's hard to sneak in when you own the back door that you're going to have to kick in to get into the building so that's an invoice you write to yourself sir how you doing brother i'm good i've never had that intro before i'm one of the team members just let's make that sure we're a collective team here <laughs> but glad he, to be he, here. He, he's modest but um but understand that um yes it is a team effort but there is no i in team uh but there is uh, one eye in Nigeria. How about that? Uh, uh, but yes, uh, let's keep it moving though, because we are we are pressed for time. It's, it, it was the two man power trip, and we're going to keep things moving expeditiously with the indie spotlight for this week. Um, never forget November 11th. Yes, Remembrance Day around the world, Veterans Day in the U.S. and VCW's debut in Alexandria, Virginia, in our backyard. We will be in the building, but so will now the Rose. So will Logan Easton LaRoe. It's his final match, and he's facing real the Utah forward. It's their debut show in Alexandria in the Northern Virginia area, which is a damn shame because Virginia's a big state, and you got to come up here from out of that uh, t- the Tidewater area, uh, you know, a little bit more often. Richmond's a thing. We get it. Yeah, I love Roanoke, but we live here too, so I'm glad that VCW is coming up north uh, of King's Dominion, finally, to have a show in Alexandria, Virginia. You can get your tickets at vcwprowrestling.com, and I encourage you that you do so because tickets will be moving fast, uh, fast right now because I'm about to buy a pair. So just two, two less tickets out of spite. So there. But you get your <laughs> tickets right now. It's Alexandria at the uh, Chick Armstrong Recreation Center on Reed Avenue that's uh, near Glebe Road and Mount Vernon Avenue in the northern part of Alexandria, not too far from Potomac Yard Station if you're taking the metro. So go ahead. Get your tickets. Don't worry about it. Don't wait. You're going to want to be there. Uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, legit top 10 all time, Logan Easton LaRoe. It's his last match. So definitely want to be there for him and the 1% uh, and for VCW in Alexandria. And that will be the indie spotlight every week until it happens because we need you to be there and please blow the roof off the joint. Sell it out completely uh, hey. because you, you deserve to see some good wrestling. Also in North Carolina, November 12th. Uh, make the drive, you know, after you're down, down, done in Alexandria, <laughs> make the drive down to Durham. It's a uh, DPW deadlock pro wrestling, the world's strongest. Yes. That may be uh, a Dragon Ball Z reference. No, don't sue them, Toby, uh, because it's deadlock pro wrestling down in Durham, North Carolina at the armory, 212 Foster street uh, in downtown Durham, North Carolina, the world's strongest Jay Malachi versus Alex Price for their uh, DPW world championship. And I quit match Colby Carino versus Lucky Ali. That should be pretty spicy. Uh, one of my favorites, Emmy Sakura, who is their women's champion, versus Masha Slamovich, who that should be fun. Uh, but this six-man tag, uh, Filthy Tom Lawler and the West Coast Wrecking Crew versus Brian Keith, Calvin Tankman, and Masato Tanaka. God damn. That's a mix. That is a group of wrestlers right there. That is a group of wrestlers that hit 
Oh. <laughs> so it's going to be a hell of a show. It's going to be a definitely a mixed bag, a little bit something for everybody. That's DPW, the world's strongest, down in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, North November 12th, the day after VCW is in Alexandria, November 11th. Uh, you get your tickets for the DPW show um, at Eventbrite, but uh, check them out on the Twitter machine uh, at Deadlock Pro Wrestling, uh, Deadlock Pro on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that's the indie spotlight for this week. Um, next year, since you've uh, just joined us, uh, how you doing, sir? Good. I was just thinking, I was about to, about to cut you off and say, like, it, it feels like Logan retiring is def- definitely the true exclamation point of the end of Nova Pro Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> this is the final chapter. This, this is it. This is literally it. So, like, it's going to yeah. be a big day. I'm very excited to be in the building for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very excited. Uh, and I can't stress enough, this enough. Uh, the event will sell out. You're going to want to get your tickets of bcwprowrestling.com. Yeah. But we were talking about, you know, the interesting uh, situation that AEW finds themselves in uh, with uh, their focus on you know, driving the narrative with their core group of stars and not really bringing up the rear with uh, younger talent and what that's going to look like going forward. Okay, cool. Um, AEW doesn't really have an NXT and ROH isn't that thing. Uh, Dark kind of was, but got replaced by ROH. So moving on from that, uh, I saw an article earlier today where Nala Rose, uh, who will be at the VCW show, vcwprowrestling.com, she is advocating for one more title into the mix of AEW. She wants a women's tag team championship. It's the one title that they don't have. It's uh, they have they have them for everything else. They have the TBS uh, champion. Uh, they have, of course, the women's champion. Ring of Honor has a women's champion, and then but there's no tag title now. The immediate pushback would be, well, with what tag teams? Now, of course, the immediate pushback to that would be, open the door. Now, start making would, them. Exactly. So, I mean, question, I mean, you know, wrestling. Everybody could be best friends. So, there's just right. one person we're best friends tag team. And and of course, if it's a woman's comp, uh, you know, angle, they're all best friends until they're not. So mm-hmm. there you go. But the but the actual question to you guys would be: Would you rather see a new uh, tag team or a new belt that was introduced within the company, or would you rather see a truly international belt that isn't like defended comically, like the twenty four seven title or the DDT Iron Heavyweight Metalweight title, but something that could be taken throughout the Indies, throughout Japan, throughout uh, Asia, Latin America? and defend it as a legitimate representation of the company. Do you think that that's something that can actually happen within a major promotion? Um, I love how Nala Rose is like a true professional and like really taps into so many different markets. I think Nala speaks the language in like so many different communities. Like, you know, Nala can be very raunchy, very uh, great uh, constructive criticism and very knowledgeable about a lot of source material. You can almost even call her like a subject a subject matter expert on certain things. Mm-hmm. I love how Nala, who's been here since day one, is aware of everything that's happening within that locker room and what's happening uh, within that division. Um, and, and then somebody who was at one point really deemed as not only just 
a main event talent, but a legitimate threat to everybody's reign, everybody's, you know, whatever the storyline may be. And we kind of see Nala by the wayside. And I love how Nala comes in with an idea that not only would make her a triple crown winner, as she mentioned, but also it is a way of saying like, well, this actually could bolster like the division. Um, but at the end of the day, there's still, you talk about the back door, <laughs> there's still one final boss that they all have to encounter. And that's just Tony Khan. It's just so, it's really hard to be confident in any creative ideas that not only this bolster up the, the women's division in AEW, but when you're talking across different um, promotions, I think of the Forbidden Door, where literally, or even RH at the time, where literally these are folks that are just brought in to make their folks look good. It, it doesn't work in a way that we would want to see. We would, we would like to see, uh, and matter of fact, you can even almost take a look at the international championship and say, is it still being held very close to AEW? Or because this title is being defended in different promotions, was there ever a legitimate chance of it changing hands? Would that have been a storyline that they would have entertained or not? So I just don't have the confidence. And I like the idea. I just don't have the confidence in it. And it's to me, it's like, hey, listen, if you can't, if you can't make these women shine on your roster, then outsource it. <laughs> throw, your, throw a belt on them and let them shine all over the world. And, and especially in these places that most of these people came from and do the work themselves. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to let go of ego. You're going to have to let go of, so to say, your personal emotions with how you want that, book, that belt to be booked. And you have to let other, other promotions shine other wrestlers who may not have had television get an opportunity and so on. You just have to do what's best for women. This is really have, hard to have confidence for that. That's just my thoughts. No, absolutely. I mean, because we there's a precedent for it. We've seen it time and time again. And we talked about this a little while ago in this show where uh, AEW has their core roster. And then, of course, we want to see they show flashes of potential for other guys further down the card. And then nothing happens or nothing or, or not necessarily nothing happens. But very few things pan out in a long-term, meaningful way. So let's actually make this pan out. Let's say that they do introduce a new AEW Women's Tag Team Championship. Well, how do they do it? Because right now, what we know on paper is that they don't really have the personnel to get it done. Uh, there are only uh, maybe four tag teams for the women that are like actual dedicated tag teams. Mm -hmm. So how do you justify this belt? And, and present it in a meaningful way. Because once you give it to one team, you, you've already seen what happens with, when Jade has the belt for 60 consecutive matches. And, okay, <laughs> this was cool. Please lose the belt. We've already seen what happens when uh, there are only three viable contenders for the, um, the, the male uh, world championship, uh, Friedman, Adam Cole, and, and Kenny. Like, okay, well, it's going to be one of them, so just give them the belt. So how do you go about this? Now, personally, uh, I think that this is where you introduce other teams from other promotions around the world. They're working with CMLL. They're working with, uh, you know, TJPW. I don't see why they couldn't work with Stardom. Uh, uh, literally, anybody with WWE. Now, granted, before you shake your head and go, well, they could do that, but they won't. That's not my point. I want to know how this would work. We know it won't because of the women's matches only get five minutes a week anyway. So we're not really talking about in the land of feasibility. They have three shows, five hours of content, and the women's matches only get 15 minutes in five hours. But how do you introduce this new belt? 
And I think they could do it that way. We know what Tony would do. We know how Tony operates. Tony can have a tournament. We know that. (laughs) We know that for sure. Tony loves a tournament. So with tag teams, you you think we could get to eight teams? You think you get eight teams or you have to do some some kind of crazy like round robin format or something because you could only have like four or something. I don't know. Oh, God. I I think that um, maybe, you know what he does? He does a G1. Yeah. And I, four teams. I can see it being four teams and a mini G1 deal just because he ain't going to devote the time to have like eight different teams. I just, like we were saying, I think the only way this happens in any kind of meaningful way, if it were to happen, it would go back to what you're saying. He'd have to be sold on the idea of one of his core people getting this belt off the ground to make it mean something and to give them, throw them a bone for something to do. So this is how it happens. The dentist has to be one of the world world tag team champions. That's how it has to happen for, to get him to invest as much as I hate to say it, it'd be something for her to do that doesn't involve the other two belts. And we know he'll give her the TV time. So what would you put her in a rebel together? I guess. <laughs> been a while since she's actually done a match, it seems. So well, God. both of them actually uh, yeah. between Britain and and, and Reba, but but then that's that's actually you know we're going to put a pin in there because that's actually kind of the point. Out of all the ways that we could make this work, <laughs> the best bet we have is dragging up Britt Baker on her bad back and finding Reba somewhere in the back for right. them to spearhead the tag team division. I know Nigeria, you're shaking your head. I, I, I see it happening. I happen in, in. I see this happening in NXT before it happens in AEW. Sadly. Well, and you're not wrong um, because NXT has been doing the yeoman's work with uh, the women's division. So, all right. So let's move on from that. And let's move on uh, really quickly down the road to November fourth in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, at the Muhammad Abdu Arena. It's Crown Jewel. Now, the show has to happen because contractually they are obligated to. But uh, you know we do have some matches that that are that have been announced. It's going to be an interesting show. Do you think? Now, and we're going to we're going to discuss the show later on, closer to the event. But do you think, as an event, Crown Jewel, uh, the political uh, foolishness aside, do you th- how do you think the other premium live events that are rumored to be coming to Europe, for example, uh, they are doing Berlin in August. They're doing Perth for a pay-per-view in February. Um, they're doing, uh, the rumor is Paris uh, for another premium live event uh, later next year. Do you think that those events... That's going to uh, probably be SummerSlam. SummerSlam is rumored to be in Cleveland because why wouldn't it be Cleveland? But <laughs> hey, Cleveland Maybe so Money hard. in the Bank in Paris. Let's say London this past yeah. year. I mean, yeah, right. Money in the Bank was in London. Uh, Paris, I don't know because they have a major issue with bedbugs. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's like, yeah. it's, it's not a game. No, like, yeah, don't, no, no doubt. Yeah, yeah no, it's that. not a game. Don't fly to Paris. Uh, and if you do fly to Paris, uh, stay in a hotel before you go home because uh, it, it, they got a problem over there. And the Olympics is going to be very interesting. They mm-hmm. may have to just postpone. Every the year the Olympics got some type of contamination issue. Every year. But it was Brazil. Well, you bring everybody from around the world and put them in the same hut and passing out condoms to say, don't do anything stupid. Right. But that's, that's a different problem. That's the, that's for the Olympics podcast, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, but the idea is that do you think that these premium live events that are happening in big cities around the world are taking away the luster from Crown Jewel? 
Nah, the salty money is still very long. I, I think what we should also mention, because I thought you were kind of going this way in a little bit, but I remember, you, you know, the whole stigma of Crown Jewel and Saudi Arabia and whatnot. I think sure. it's kind of like faded now. But what's really interesting is what nobody's really talking about is how TKO struck that deal for UFC to also get some money from over there. So, oh, of course. Yeah, Everyone so, can so, get that Saudi money. Everyone yep. getting that Saudi money now. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just, it's really normalized at this point. But at the end of the day, it's a gold mine. It's a lot of money. They put men, they put WrestleMania ish types of events. So the aesthetic of it always is very pleasing. But the crowds would never be hot like some of these underserviced um, locations. So like you know Berlin, they're gonna go nuts. They haven't had anything in forever. So like you know that type of energy, that type of synergy, that type of effort, especially into the booking in terms of the representation is much different than what they do in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is a is a big fantasy match for the Saudi prince, where they say, who do you want? Who do we got? Bada boom, bada bing. Let's make it happen. These other shows are going to be predicated towards the talent from that area and really work some storylines that really drives into it. I mean, that's why when you when you talk about what they did uh, with Puerto Rico, what they right. did with um, uh, Clash at the Castle, you know, those things and those type of moments, like they're special. Saudi would never be able to live up to that because one, Mansoor is gone. Also, like, why is Mansoor gone? Because clearly, but I mean, like, they're just not going to put that type of effort because that that's more of a personal wish list than the actual storyline. So, the I guess the other big exclamation point to this is that so uh, the Crown Jewel is still a super over glorified house show. That's just yep. it. These other ones are premium live events. This is the house show of house shows right here. So this is the WrestleMania for house shows right here. It's a house show with Roman Reigns giving you a title defense as an extra perk on it. That, that's about what it is at this point. And you get Logan Paul. So you, 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 get, you get some big names. But yeah, it's now that you got these other international shows happening, it doesn't stand out as much as it used to. And in some ways, they probably they might be kind of what they wanted just to kind of, like you just said, kind of normalize that. It's part of their calendar, but it's also not, you know, I think at one point we were talking about Crown Jewel is going to be like, you know, the new like replacing Survivor Series as part mm -hmm, of like the big mm -hmm. five. And now mm -hmm. it's like, no, it, it, it ain't, that ain't the case no more. It's definitely a B show. It is what it is. They get paid a lot of money for it. It happens in the afternoon. And there you go. It just, yeah, compared to these other shows now, now that they've really doubled down on the international premium live events. It doesn't stand out in that level because I mean, you nailed it perfectly. And you were just it, it, they're never going to have that same energy over there just due to how it is culturally compared to you know these rowdy so soccer crowds that they're pulling in, you know, in Wales and stuff. And that crowd in Puerto Rico with Bad Bunny, I mean, just totally different, unique atmospheres compared to what you're going to get on a Saudi show. Yeah, let me let me show this. Uh, because we know that it has been confirmed that WWE is doing a premium live event in Berlin, Germany. What's the likelihood of Walter winning the uh, beating Roman Reigns in Berlin? Not if Seth Rollins. That's who he'd beat. Yeah, and, and it's still though. and still not. Yeah, it, it's I forgot about Seth being there, but like if not, you book it just like you booked. Um, um, uh, Drew McIntyre. You just make it really close. Um, and you just drive all the momentum into it being his moment, and then you just let Roman Reigns pull the rug from under it. it unfortunately, it, it, it does yank the emotions of the viewers, but it works for WWE. 
Uh, all these it, people look strong coming out of it. It just occurred to me because that show is going to be next July. August, I think. Yeah. So post WrestleMania. Oh. Yeah. By then, we might be talking about world champion Cody Rhodes. So it might be Walter versus Cody happening True. by then. True. And yeah, I think, what happens at WrestleMania? We're talking post WrestleMania, so we're we're talking ways ways out. Yeah, but, August thirty first next year. Yeah, so yeah. Gunther and Cody for the world title. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that by then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that is an interesting uh, prospect because you know, and they they've been doing that uh, uh, that thing around the world recently. They did India recently and. And so on with these major house shows in in big cities around the world. Yeah. I'm I hope that they continue to do that. You know, Jamal, whether, Jamal, uh, let me let me yeah let me let me just ask you real quick because I mean you were very and like you can even go back almost three years on the show and you very much was the front man for saying go around the world and you named these 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 markets that were under service and whether our listeners thought it was silly or not, I mean, you kind of dreamed this up and we're seeing something truly special in the world of professional wrestling. I mean, wrestling is at the hottest it's ever been. It's the most successful it's ever been. And even for the places that never thought that they would get a show are getting shows nowadays. So I, I just, I'm just curious when you kind of reflect back to three years ago to now, what's sort of your thoughts about like the landscape of wrestling really hitting these markets and where's next, shall I say? Uh, well, yeah, well, see, that's the thing is that we're starting to see, and this is when I said back then, uh, the world is getting a lot smaller in the sense that wrestling is on live and people watch it no matter what. Uh, so the WWE crowd or any wrestling crowd, but specifically the WWE crowd watches the show live. They watch it live at, at one in the morning in, the, in Europe. They watch it live at 10 a.m. the next morning in Australia and Japan. Uh, there is no reason why they shouldn't have these confluence of shows happening around the world uh, with meaningful storylines and not just uh, house shows with a big set. And yeah, why not? Because I think that WWE was onto something when they were talking about their global localization um, type of thing from a couple of years ago, but it didn't happen in the way that we thought it would. Pandemic. But I do believe quietly this is the end. This is the result of that. It's not just Saudi, obviously, but they're able to do certain things and cater to cater to a certain audience when they get there. Uh, Drew in Wales, or Becky Lynch in, or, or Balor in Ireland, or uh, Walter in a German-speaking country. Uh, you know, wherever that may be, and be able to play to that. Um, does that mean that Justin Gabriel is going to get a shine in South Africa? Yeah, probably not. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it but it does mean that um, Rhea Ripley is going to have a hell of a time in Perth. Oh boy, <laughs> she she got main event. She got it down there, right? Now, granted, oh, she's not from Perth, but you know she's in the country. So she's that's from all. That, I want to say Melbourne. Yeah, wait, and also it, it's Melbourne is how you say. It, right? I'm an Australian, so I'm not going to pretend. I'm pretty yes, sure it it's is Melbourne. It, it, it is Melbourne. Uh, if, yeah, if you just... if you're from Oz, but um. But I'm, I'm but I'm not. So I just wonder, like, yeah, I just hear all the announcers still say Melbourne. I'm like, it's Melbourne, it's Melbourne. But either way, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, you, you you're from Jersey, from New York, you know how it goes. Her being in Australia, they're gonna build oh, she's her from Adelaide. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh yeah. So 
Yeah, they're going to build her as close as they can. It's still going to be her hometown. Still going to be all her family. Everybody in Australia oh, yeah. are frequent travelers. So she's yeah. probably done lived in Paris for a couple of years, whatever it may be. Um, but it's going to be big. It's going. Oh yeah, it's going to be, real, be a, and, and that's in February too. And that is, I think, that's payback. Elimination or, Chamber. Elimination Chamber. So yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. a premium live event. It is going to be a thing. So I, honestly, I hope she does main event the show. Man, I wish um, I had the funds to get out there. I don't know. I, I can't tell right now, but I wish I did. I'd be I, right we, up we out might, there. We, we might have to talk about that because I'm going to be <laughs> in Singapore um, about a month before, and that's the only reason why I'm not going. But we might we, we might have to expense that. That's see, this is why you talk to the boss when the boss needs to make moves. <laughs> you know, international flights. Yeah, we're not. Will and I weren't talking about flying, you know, to Perth, Australia, which is literally on the opposite side of the world from where we are. But when the boss comes in. We gotta talk expense expense accounts. So uh yeah, let me let me give you my Qantas uh you know ID, you know, when we get when we we'll, we'll discuss later. We'll, we'll discuss later. Uh, so yeah, Crown Jewel is happening November 4th, and we'll definitely talk a little bit more about the show uh later. Personally, I would like to see Jade debut there. Um, I know that a lot of people have been talking about well, when are we gonna get Jade versus Bianca Belair? Calm down. Uh you know, we're they saving that. They yeah. saving that. Yeah, one. calm down. We're not there yet. We're not. We're not. We're nowhere near there yet. She's got a debut first, but yeah. uh, and also, why does it have to be versus Bianca Belair? Why can't it be with? <laughs> because dog, this is this is what really like frustrates me with like <laughs> wrestling fans. They think, oh, that person reminds me or looks like or is that person. They need to face each other. Like it's right. always that comparison every single time, and it's just like other black women. They have really good physiques. Nope. They don't look alike. They don't have the same hairstyle. They're literally the same person. There's a plant in <laughs> Iowa outside of Des Moines where <laughs> all of the athletic black wrestlers come from. <laughs> but I tell you, I am more intrigued with the idea of them being on the team together. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, we still got the Hulu show coming down the pipeline. And Bianca has been marketing crazy for different uh media outlets and media appearance she just did um a podcast with uh kiki palmer which i thought was really big and that was really uncanny so it's kind of see her really cool to kind of loosen up a little bit both in character and out of character but you put a bianca next to uh uh a jay and give them give them the belts and let them hit the mainstream media that would be the best thing Outside of Kofi Kingston, that WWE has had for black representation in a long, long, people, long time. people want those women's tag belts to mean something. There you go. Yeah. Put them on the two of them for a while. That'd be the highest. Yeah. That'd be the highest profile those belts I had since uh, Bailey and Sasha had them when they I, were I on their what, run, and that was during I, COVID. That was ages ago. I tell you what, you keep talking, it's going to happen. That easily makes Bianca triple count, tri- triple crown. So you know they want that. So hmm. yeah, but but now the real question is: we, we talk about uh, what Jade will do or how Jade will look, assuming that she knocks her debut out of the park. So let's get to that first. I mean, let, let's get to that point where she makes the debut and it goes well, wherever it is, however it happens. Uh, before we go any step further, because if if we get AEW pay per view, Jade, uh oh, this. Mm-hmm. We, we may see her on NXT, uh, you know, sooner than later, if that's mm-hmm. the case. But speaking of NXT, we're going to end the show with this Halloween Havoc. So um, that was the thing. It was a, a two-night event. Um, uh, the first uh, show was uh, yesterday, and then the next show is 
uh, coming up on uh, on Halloween night next Tuesday. Uh, the first question is a uh, simple question: uh, Is there a WCW show that you think they should bring back for NXT? Now, I have one in mind, but you know because they've done a Great American Bash, they've done um, Halloween Havoc. Um, I I personally would like to see. Uh, I think they've done Bash at the Beach. Um, I would like to see uh, Road Wild, like like an, just an outdoor event, like out there in like the middle of the mountain somewhere out west Utah. A b- bunch of bikes or nah? Uh, I don't know if we need the, like the two thousand bike set, but I think that that would be kind of cool. <laughs> just to like Re- you know, return to Sturgis and everything. Yeah, having a Red <laughs> Rocks or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> they did Starcade as a house show a few times, and I've never quite got like why they didn't make Starcade like the that's December right. Paper. Starcade was in Greensboro or something like that, and yeah. because because that was the night that AEW was uh, doing a thing at also in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was like um no, it was a convention. Uh, Star. It was uh, it was uh, what's the. This? the What's his face? Was convention? it the first of Starcast? No, it wasn't yeah. Starcast. It was something else. Not I know what you're talking about now. But it, but it's it's along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was WrestleCon or something like that, mm-hmm. and they were doing it. And then WWE went, "Oh, Starcade is going to be in Greensboro for some reason." Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah. But do you think there's a WCW uh, show that they could bring back for NXT that we haven't seen yet? Hmm. God, I mean, I, I I do like the idea of of Road Wild. Maybe, you know, maybe we don't need Carl Malone and Robin, but uh, but it would be kind of cool just to change the place, just something that gets them out of the damn uh, performance. If, if anything, hell, they're in Florida. I think you nailed it. Bash at the beach, but actually have yeah. it on the beach instead of bringing sand to the performance center. Actually, do it outside because hell, they're in Florida. So yeah. why not? That would be the easiest. Bash at the beach on on in, out in uh, Lauderdale, uh, Daytona. Um, yeah, that, that's the easiest one to make it happen. So, uh, as far as the show goes, uh, did you watch the show? Will, did you see, uh, it's I saw the beginning of it and I saw the end of it. There's a chunk in the middle I missed, but, um, that main event between Becky and, uh, Lyra, Lyra yeah, Valkyrie, I, yes. I always, I, that name sends me for fits. That main event was awesome. <laughs> they tore yeah. the house down. Those ladies, those ladies brought back the feeling of, uh, NXT ladies matches back when they were at full sale. They had a hell of a match. So if you have not seen the Becky and uh, Lyra match, check that out because that was really, really damn good. And it was definitely the cherry on top of uh, Becky's uh, adventures in NXT. So yeah. that was really good. The opener was really good too between um, Kiana James and uh, Roxanne Perez. Uh, Roxanne Perez. Their, their little yeah. street fight they had. That was really good. So th- this was definitely, from what I saw, this was one of the stronger NXT like special events they had in a while. That was real good. The, the tag title match was good. We got Chase U with gold now. You for, know, yes, you know. So I mean, th- it was a fun show. I got to. There's a part homecoming season. They know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a part in the middle I missed that I got to check out. But everything I saw, I really liked. It was a hell of a show. I mean, there was a lot going on Tuesday night. That was the game seven they were up against with uh, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. So there was yeah, a lot yeah. happening that night. So I was flipping channels there for a little bit. But the the main event, really, really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing similar things too. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking, I was just looking at the different pay-per-views. And I think I was thinking about Hog Wild with the bikes. Well, yeah. That well, was, no, yeah. Hog, well, yeah, but that's a Tim Allen movie. 
yeah. And they okay. had to change the name at some point, but that was that was always the one that was in stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they obviously can't do fall brawl, right? I think that's no. been like <laughs> no, we, we, we can't do that. I mean, unless they're going to get PCO from Impact, we can't. Yeah, we can't do that. What's Bradshaw doing? Maybe he might want to do fall brawl. <laughs> oh I man. Like it. I forgot um, about Uncensored, too. I, I totally forgot about that. I'm just looking at all the, the pay-per-view names. World War III. Uh, we already talked about Slamboree. Well, yeah, I don't think the Performance Center can fit World War III. Slamboree. I would love to just see them do the graphics and everything for that again. Yeah. That'd be cool. Slam- Slamboree would be, is pretty generic, but pretty fun. Same thing with, yeah. like, Sold Out and Sin mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those. Just just fun um, you know, names for Super Brawl, bring back yeah, Super Brawl will be oh yeah, Mayhem, Mayhem. That's a classic. Go ahead, we don't go, talk about Mayhem. Down that. <laughs> um, but now nah, the, the 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 um NST was really cool. I saw it just as much as Will did as well too. Um, but um, I, I really like how they're how they're uh, working the women's breakout tournament. Um, next week, uh, is it next week where the finals is happening? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Lola Vice. Yeah, I mean, and Kalani the, the, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, two two people. You obviously you just flip the coin, whoever you want to win there. But they already both look strong and ready to go. And obviously, there's an opportunity to exist after that. But um, now it's just a very solid pay per view, uh, pay per view, a premium event on television for them. So um, it's yeah. it gives me takeover vibes. Just not on a Saturday, you know. They yeah. it was pasted and everything very well. It was interesting, minus the commercials, but yeah, it was cool. Yeah, uh, it looks like an interesting show. Uh, the women's breakout tournament final is next week. Uh, then you have uh, Dragonall versus Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Championship. That's going to be heavy. Uh, you know, that's actually something I might have to peek at. Um, so yeah, uh, good, good for NXT um, doing a thing. It definitely seems like they are turning a corner as far as getting their show in a more consistent basis. Yes. They are more in line with WWE as far as what the WWE synergy is, but they're still their own brand. Like you're not going to confuse NXT with Raw SmackDown. So, uh, so good for them. Good, good for them, and, and and good for them for introducing new names and bringing the next person up. So, uh, I like it. But of course, that is one hour and one minute and change. TikTok, the clock does not stop. Bars, we gotta go. But we'll be back next week, 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, of course, whenever you want to listen on your podcast, uh, you know, if you want to get the podcast, it drops Friday morning. Uh, and, of course, BitGoBelt.com for everything else, the media reviews, movie reviews, uh, TV show reviews, of course, this podcast, everything you need. A final word from you guys. Back to work, man. Got <laughs> <laughs> to be done. <laughs> Pretty Pretty much. So uh, you guys enjoy yourselves. Have a good week. We'll see you next week with more talk about all the wrestling. We're counting down uh, to the end of the year. we got Crown Jewel coming up. we got World's End coming up, whatever the hell that is. And then, you know, it, we're moving on. Yeah, the, the November, December 30th, World's End, AEW, another pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll tell you right. Say, yeah. Right. Yeah. So another $50. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're going to keep it moving for tonight. We'll see you next week. This is the Bill Belt Rosslyn Podcast. Nigerius, thank you for teeping in the back door. Will, we'll do it again next week. And I'm Jamal. And until then, we'll hit the button. We out.